When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. The following is a presentation of Learfield. Welcome to Duck Insider. Our whole athletic department, there's a level of expectations of success. Throw, catch, touchdown, Oregon. He can run and slash. Back out for a three. Left wing is good. In the air to center, back at the wall. It's out of here. Really excited that we get to rep our Ducks and hopefully come back to Eugene with some championships. Indoor track and field national champion. Oregon repeats as the Pac-12 champion. And for the fourth time in the last six years, the Ducks are Pac-12. Champions. We have so many teams that are excelling right now, and it's really fun to be a part of. This is Duck Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. Live from the Country Financial Studio, here's Joey Mack. Thank you, and man, this is going to be a fun show today because Mario Cristobal, the Oregon football head coach, not only met with the media after practice, and we have that for you coming up momentarily, but he's going to be with us on the Oregon Football Coaches Show tonight. I'm already losing my breath at the start of the show, Scott. You hear this? Like, <coughs> In all seriousness, though, this is going to be a great show. We joke about this. But I'm really looking forward to having Coach Cristobal on the Coach's Show tonight. Uh, 7 o'clock across the Oregon Sports Network, technically 7.05 if we're being honest. Just like technically we've been saying it's a 4.30 kickoff, it's going to kick off at 4.44. It's just how these things work. I don't know. I don't know why. 
But here we are. Uh, so the Ducks, though, getting ready to, for a top 25 showdown against Utah with a 4:30, 4:44 kickoff on ABC. It's a 2:30 pregame show for us across the Oregon Sports Network. Mario Cristobal tonight. Uh, you can watch the show on the GoDucks YouTube, on the Oregon Football Facebook, on the Oregon Football Twitter, and tune in across the Oregon Sports Network. GoDucks.com/osn where you can tune in in your market. Uh, this is a really good conclusion, I think, to. Well, it's been a fun 12 coaches shows. Next week, we will not have an Oregon football coaches show because we will have Oregon basketball going on uh, on Wednesday. And then, before we know it, the game is going to be here. Uh, So Oregon basketball on Wednesday of next week, that means no coaches show for us uh, heading in to uh, all of you filling your bellies and enjoying some hopeful family time on Thanksgiving. Uh, we have a lot more to get to on the show today, uh, including Rob Mosley, editor-in-chief, GoDucks.com, Tim DeRuder, the Duck defensive coordinator. We're going to have him with us uh, in just a little while. Uh, well, really, he was with us on Monday, but we're going to hear from him. Also, Verone McKinley and Jamal Hill, and a number of other interviews that are wrapping up after practice here today. Men's basketball did play in Portland last night. It was it was a, a tough one, uh, to say the least. Uh, I did not have, obviously, my best broadcast. I don't think that the Ducks had their best game. Um, so we are all going to look to bounce back with a win against Chaminade coming up on Monday. But we'll get to that game coming up. I do want to talk about it because there were some positives to take away, including Infali Dante making a return. Well, Coach, show tonight, though. And uh, first, though, the Ducks uh, coming in at number three in the latest college football playoff committee rankings. They're 9-1 overall, 6-1 in Pac-12 play, first in the Pac-12 North, and they beat now number four Ohio State in the first win at Ohio Stadium since 2017 for an opposing team. Uh, they're 6-0 at home this year, averaging 39 points per game while allowing just 20 points per contest. Second in the Pac-12, number 21 in the nation at 35.3 points per game. And you know who's first? Utah. Top two offenses are going at it here this weekend. Uh, they're number 10 in the country at 227.4 rushing yards per game. Ducks have scored 31-plus points in seven of the last 10 games. They're tied for second in the FBS with 31 rushing touchdowns. Can you see a theme here? Ducks tend to win when they run the ball well. Uh, rush for 300-plus yards in back-to-back games for the first time in four years. Uh, impressive uh, for the Ducks. Oregon's also tied for 10th nationally with touchdowns on 73.3% of red zone opportunities. And the Ducks are tied for 10th in the FBS with a plus nine turnover margin. Uh, that's just the resume at a glance for the Ducks. Georgia, 10-0, still sits at number one. Alabama, number two at 9-1. And, and then it's Oregon, number three at 9-1. and one. Ohio State, who the Ducks have won the head-to-head against, sits behind the Ducks at number four at 9-1. Cincinnati is 10-0, sitting at number five. Then Michigan, number six at 9-1. Michigan State, 9-1 and one at number seven. Notre Dame is number eight. Oklahoma State is number nine at nine and one. And Wake Forest is number 10 at nine and one. Then you get into a few two-loss teams like Baylor and Ole Miss. Oklahoma sitting at number 13 at nine and one. BYU is eight and two. They're on the schedule next year for the Ducks at number 14. And then some three-loss teams start to creep in as well. The one note, uh, UTSA is sitting at 10 and 0 and at number 22 in the college football playoff rankings. That's cool for the minors. So Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State. That's the top four Right now, Ducks still have that head-to-head win over Ohio State, but if things continue and if Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State, one of those teams has to come out of that group of three in the Big Ten, right? And we're going to see the way that things shake out. Uh, If you want my honest opinion, Duck fans, uh, you're rooting for Ohio State, and then you're rooting for everybody else to lose.
That's kind of how I feel this thing's going to go. Meanwhile, today, Mario Cristobal with an update on Micah Pittman. I know a lot of people were asking about that yesterday. I see some of the comments uh, coming already today on the show. Let's let the head man tell you about what the latest is with Micah Pittman and talking with the team, talking with the media, talking with everybody after practice today. Here's Coach Cristobal. Good practice, good preparation, good week. Um, I'll focus on one to know. I'll focus on our processes and, you know, kind of continue the process all the way to the game, through the game. So questions, please. He won't be. He won't be. He's moving on. We're moving on. We wish him the best, and we don't judge. Johnny and DJ Johnson able to give it a go this week. Healthier, looking good. So we'll see. Who fills in as a punt returner for Micah, or is that something you're still battling with? We've got three guys that we've repped. Uh, they actually split reps with the ones throughout camp and uh, throughout our process this season. So, but we'll we'll show that on game day more than anything else. What have you seen by way of perimeter blocking from some of the younger guys, the younger tight ends, if, if DJ's unable to go, if Johnny's unable to go? Just Those are two guys who are some of the strongest perimeter blockers you had. Mm-hmm. What have you seen from the younger tight ends this past week in particular? It seemed like they improved in that. Yeah, that I think all along they have. I mean, throughout the, uh, the way we practice, they're all getting equal reps, uh, not to mention the mentoring of these older guys, not to mention it's a big part of practice. We do it every day, every single day. So. We feel really good about their technique, uh, about the way they understand leverage, how it works with the offense, and they perform really well. So, uh, you know, for us, regardless of the situation or circumstance, you know, next man will be required to get up there and do the, the job at the same level as everybody else. Their adjustments to just even who might be on scout team by way of the receiver position. I know like Brevard and uh, Delgado were down there, but just be, with between injury or attrition or whatnot, if there's just been some movement, a little bit lower on the depth chart there. Uh, anytime you, you have any type of issue, you always move some guys around. So but the guys have adjusted well, and they've done a really good job. It's no question that Utah has been a different team as soon as Cam Riding took over at QB1. How has preparation been this week for a guy with dual threat? He's effective in the air and on the run. He does it all really well, just like you mentioned. And uh, he's got great command of the offense. Really does. Throws an accurate ball, strong arm. Um, Really understands the run game well, design runs. He improvises really well, keeps plays alive with his feet. Um, you can tell, I mean, he's the guy's really a, an excellent football player, and he's playing at a really high level. Ellen, go ahead. I was going to say, he protects the ball really well, too. I don't think he's on a pick in four or five games. What goes into that? I know it's probably an oversimplified question, but a quarterback who does protect the ball effectively, what, what, what usually no, are the No, it's, it's, uh, it's not. It's a good question. It's, uh, you know, number one decision making goes into that, right? Uh, and even when making the decision where you know it's going to be a contested ball is the ability to put in a spot where maybe only the receiver can catch it. He does that. He has that ability to him. And he's a guy, we recruited him hard in high school. I mean, we thought he was a great football player, and, you know, he's done really well. But he's always been that guy. He's always been the guy that, um, you know, almost like uh, the catalyst for, you know, big things to come. He did it in high school. He's been doing it for them. Uh, he's He's... He's a very physical runner now. I don't know how much shape you studied, but he's physical. He gets out on the perimeter. He's run the ball inside. Um, the read game is something that they do really well also. But uh, they come at you so many different ways in the run game and play action. It's all married up. You know, it's all uh, It all complements each other. makes it really difficult to defend. There's always a lot of attention on your guys' games that are outside perspective, big football games. Your squad always seems to play some of its best football. What do you attribute that to? Well, I mean, we prepare the same way every single week. Um, You'd like to think that every single week you're getting better and better. So that's uh, always been the goal since day one. And I think teams that are really focused on the importance of technique, fundamentals, the simplicity of pad level, 
you know, at this time of year, have the ability to keep getting better. And if you do that, you know, your season gets stronger. I think we've been doing that. And, uh, and we still have miles to go. So uh, that being said, playing against an excellent team, great football environment, just really excited about the opportunity. Last time you played these guys, again, much has changed. But coaching's changed, players have changed, et cetera. But Verone didn't play a lot because tactically you wanted to go with the boundary safeties against a very run-heavy Utah team. How different is Verone compared to two years ago where he's bigger? He's obviously tied for the nation lead in interceptions, and you feel that much more comfortable putting him in any situation compared to his freshman season. Yeah, he's as good as any player we had in the secondary back in 19, you know, or better. I mean, he's been playing at a high level. You know how uh, important he is from his football IQ standpoint, his ability to set us and fix us or even erase things when they're not exactly right. So with him, uh, he's a guy that you just never want off the field. He's that guy. You guys didn't get to play against Utah last year just because of the schedule, short season. How excited is Noah Sewell to go up against his brother, and how cool is it for that family to have two players on opposing teams at one game? Yeah, well, as you well know, their 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 family is just a very big part of our family here. I'm sure that always plays a huge role, but I'm sure both brothers are really focused on preparation, on execution, and um, that's the way the family DNA goes. They just they're all about getting the job done. So I'm sure both guys are really focused on playing their best games. I know I asked you last week. Is there anything new with Drew Mathis, or if he might be able to come back this year? You know, I think there's a good chance. It'll be something in the postseason. It won't be in the next couple of weeks or so. But he's working really hard. You know, we'd love to see that for him, a guy that's a senior. So we'll see. With maybe more opportunities coming for uh, young wide receivers, uh, Chris, Troy, Dante, uh, what have you seen from them recently? Those guys are really good football players. You know, they've been right there nipping at the heels of some of the older guys. And uh, throughout camp, throughout uh, the guys that were here in spring, right, because they were here for spring ball as well, they've, they've just matured quickly. And they've made some plays with their opportunities. I know Troy had a chance last game to make a really big play. was close to coming down with that ball. Um, they're really close to just being that next level person. So we have complete confidence in all those guys to step in and play well. You mentioned he was close to play. Is that the case? And can he be someone who actually contributes now? I know he's been a long time since he's played because of injury, but is that still viable? Yeah, it's been a long time since he's played, but he is. He practiced full speed, did everything, and not just against the scouts, but also when the ones go against the one, twos against the twos, and he looks great. You know, so we expect him to be a, a contributor. Mario Cristobal. Oregon football head coach meeting with the media after practice today. That was Jackson Powers Johnson he was talking about there at the end. Uh, good to see the Ducks getting a few guys back. That's the plan uh, moving forward at least for the Ducks. Uh, and it looks like as Rob Mosley, the editor-in-chief of GoDucks.com, is going to walk in and join us in a moment, he's healthy too. He's, he can strap up. He's ready to go. Mario Cristobal is brought to you by the Wayne Valley Cancer and Student Research Center. Fight like a duck with cancer care you can count on. Rob's going to get comfortable when we come back talking all things Ducks with Rob Mosley on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. As my family continued to grow, I realized I'd have to replace my beloved Jeep with something that has, well, more seats. I'm Jason Hines, country financial rep and father of seven. Whether you're upgrading from your sporty ride with no room for a car seat or finally replacing your well-loved beater that still has a cassette player, you'll want the right protection for your new car. Work with a country financial rep like me and get the protection you need at a price you can afford. Learn more at TakeSimpleSteps.com or contact a local country representative. 
From the weight room to the classroom, on the field and off it, On Point proudly supports University of Oregon Athletics because student-athletes do so much more than bring us pride on game day. They bring our entire community together in Eugene and all across Oregon. So whether you're watching the game in the stadium, at home, or at your favorite local business, their success makes all of us stronger. On Point Community Credit Union. Join in. OnPointCU.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. Don't go anywhere. Duck Insider continues after these messages on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. From Learfield. Hey, son. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm fine, Pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Is this tree good for climbing? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady and the Ad Council. Back on Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Joy Mack in the Country Financial Studio. Rob Mosley, the editor-in-chief of GoDucks.com, is joining us. A Quack Minute partner and really the Quack Minute star, Rob Mosley. How you doing, buddy? Good. I never feel fatter than I do when I'm sitting in this chair. On just. The, <laughs> yeah. It's like all the spare tire just collects right there. We're just going all in here uh, right off the bat, aren't yeah. we? Well, I will I say. I was really noticing it last week, and so I was like, well, maybe it was just that, that, that shirt I was wearing. But no, I think I might just be kind of fat. So. <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, what I was going to say is that chair actually, you know, we, we tried to go for kind of like the late night set when we built the set, you know, so the guests would be like comfortable sitting in a chair that isn't like an office chair like I'm sitting in. Right. In hindsight, I feel like maybe that was a mistake because that chair kind of makes you lean back. Yeah. And then it's, you know, just blow. Yeah. Did you just eat lunch? Does Coach Feld look fat in this chair? No. Yeah. See, it's but not, co- but you know how it's Coach not Feld, the chair. You know how Coach Feld sits in the chair? forward like barely on it right okay. yeah i gotta try that you know right. coach cristobal actually so he's on the coach's show tonight at seven o'clock coach cristobal kind of leans on it like yeah. that so he does that and when i i sit in that chair no, for the I, coach's I, I can kind of like shield the well, gut so from i'm, the I'm camera. A, well that's the thing i'm a cross leg guy when i sit in that chair you you cross the legs <laughs> now rob's about laying down this is a sitting insider brought to you by on point community credit union what's up rob Oh, man, so much. Yeah? Yeah. You there was a basketball there? game last night, I've heard. I, well, I, I saw your tweet. Yes. So the news last night is that the Oregon women's basketball team uh, left for the Bahamas. Correct. That was it. That, that there was, was no more basketball news from last night. You know, in all seriousness, I guess let's let's start there because we're on that subject. Uh, in all seriousness, I'm going to do my, like, full breakdown later on. But, it, yeah, that sucked. There's, yep. there's no other way to put it. It was a, it was a rough game. Uh, Coach Altman said it post-game, like, yeah, they yeah. We, this was not good. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the few times that Oregon's gotten beat good in the Dane Altman era, really one of three times that I can think of. And so, you know, but now you learn from that. you got to yeah. build from it. 
at this point. Was it the basketball version of the 2016 Washington football game? Well, I mean, 2020 hindsight from that Washington football game, there was a lot of other things going on that maybe we started to see after the fact, so I hope not. Yeah. I hope that this is just an outlier. That yeah. it's just, hey, BYU was on fire, Oregon wasn't, and then the Ducks got to learn how to get punched in the mouth and come back at it. I was just thinking for those of us on the outside, just one of those where you say, well, that happened, and we're probably sure. going to be reminded of it from time to time by opposing fans. They weren't wearing, but they other, weren't wearing other than odd that, jerseys in that game. Yeah. Um, so we don't get reminded like that. Yeah. I guess Oregon can't ever wear white jerseys in Portland again. I did see a funny reference. Somebody said um, one of the more consistently – funny follows on Twitter that I have mentioned that he expected to see the basketball team in Grello uniforms because mm. it brought to mind the Vegas Bowl against BYU in 2006. Oh, sure, sure. I thought that was funny, yeah. Sure. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, basketball. But the point being, you just you, sometimes you just got to, as a fan, you just got to kind of laugh off a result like, well, yeah. that was one of those now, days. Now, the team won't do that. Ho- no, 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 for no. sure. But, like, you know, sometimes it's like the stars align against you. Another team comes out hot. That one dude, number 13, was it? Yeah. That dude couldn't miss. Alex Barcelo, Arizona transfer. And none of our guys could make. And, like, the thing that struck me, we talked about this about this team in their first two games, is there were so many shooters. You figured there would, you know, even if a couple guys were having an off night, a couple other guys wouldn't be. And, like, Mm -hmm. that just wasn't happening. And whether that was because of assertiveness or creating quality shots or whatever, it just, there, you know, nothing nothing was working. So it's like it's, you know, as you see a – flush it and move yeah, on. Yeah, you're right. And, right. I, you know, as I mentioned on Twitter last night as well, Dane Allman has earned the right to not have us overreact too much to that. True. I would not want to be uh, on that team for practices the next two days. Yeah, I mean, Coach said post game that he is going to demand right. a lot more. Right. Um, and that, yeah, so we'll see yeah. uh, how the Ducks respond on Monday against Chaminade, but a rough day right. up in Portland. Uh, and BYU, tip your cap. Uh, they played really well. Absolutely. All right, so Rick calling me out here. Okay. Oh, you ready for this? We're going to talk football now. Wait, calling you out or me? No, me. me oh, me. good. No. Far away, Rick. Yeah, that's pile right. Pile on. See, pile on. You know, he's not talking about the Giants, though. I agree with whatever point Rick Smith made. Wow. Boy, this you're really going out on the limb here. <laughs> uh, so Wait a minute. I, we, were talking, we, we just heard from Coach Chris Ball, and, and this is actually a topic I want to talk with you about, Rob, so this is perfect. Okay. And, and I made the mistake of hearing Jackson, and I thought Jackson Powers Johnson is who Coach was referring to uh, in the last question. It was actually Jackson LaDuke who Coach oh, yeah. was talking yeah, about. Yeah. Rick says, uh, not sure how the host can make that mistake. Well, that's how the host can make that mistake because they have the same first name, Rick. But actually, it's a good thing. Because There's the like Jackson Powers Johnson, Jackson LaDuke, Johnny Johnson, DJ Johnson, all these guys there's that we're sort of wondering about. All, there's so many Jacksons and Johnsons. And Jackson Powers Johnson has both. That's right. So if you're wondering how we can get confused, A, we are feeble minds. Yes. And B, there is a, there's the possibility of confusion. So you're saying you still agree with Rick How can the, with everything he said? No, come on, Rick. <laughs> Let's raise the level of discourse, buddy. Hey, I appreciate it, though, Rick, because that is a good call out. Uh, yeah, he was Absolutely. talking about no, Jackson. No, accuracy is, is it's important. Right. You have to do it. Right. That's, why, that's why we're bringing attention to it, and I'm right. saying, Rick, thanks for, thanks for pointing right. that out. But I want, I want to talk with you about the offensive line, Rob. I mean, because, you know, we were talking about th- that's in the quack minute. Like, Kayvon Thibodeau, has, uh, he's Kayvon Thibodeau. Right. Brandon Dorless, Popo Amavai, the rest of that defensive line has been getting a lot of praise lately, rightfully so. Right. But the offensive line has to face those guys in practice every day. Right. Um, and the offensive line has had some attrition. Right. I mean, it's it's impressive what they've done this year. No, it was, it was, that's why it's so great to see Alex Mirabal up for the Braille's Award yeah. as, as the top assistant in the country. Because, yeah, I mean, just the jo- you, you don't just handle 
that much personnel change as um, well as they have without being prepared for it. And so you think back to like spring practices where you're like, wait, why is Alex Forsyth playing left tackle today? You know, or, you know, whatever, you know, and it, and that's it because you're just, you know, you want to make sure you're ready for just about anything. And um, that takes, you know, that doesn't, it's not like, oh, we had an injury. What are we doing in the Tuesday practice to address this possibility right. for the first time ever? No, you know, you've been thinking about this, preparing for that possibility for months and months and months and, and repping for different possibilities um, to, to be ready. And so, so the guys are physically ready in terms of knowing different techniques and different assignments. And so they're mentally ready to just not panic. That mean they're just, they feel comfortable regardless of the situation they're in. Um, and yeah, it just, that doesn't just happen. You got to lay so much groundwork there. Um, you know, I think we saw, you know, Ken Wilson's another guy who I think, you know, merited, um, uh, consideration for the bros for the job he's done. And we saw with Jeff Bossa, you know, Jeff Bossa, you, you look at him now and you're like, Oh man, he's a, what a talent. And what a, what a, that's a linebacker. What a future he could have as an inside linebacker. Right. You know, maybe he wants to move back to safety. Maybe he stays an inside linebacker, but that didn't just happen either. And, and you saw, you know, it did take some time to build him up. So you don't just, for as good as he looks now, you don't just plug a guy in and he's ready to go. You know, it took him weeks and weeks and weeks to be ready for that. Um, because no one could have foreseen the right. level of attrition at the inside linebacker position, and or at or at on the offensive line, or on the yeah. defensive line. But now you know, and safety, now it's you know Brian McClendon is a guy who right. is in that spot. You know, Johnny Johnson goes out at the end of, of last week's game. Micah Pittman moving on. Um, you know, there's just a lot, a lot of moving parts that he's right. having to deal with, and and you know, all all of these guys you know, have to deal with that. You know, Marcel Yates, the safeties coach, you know, not having Steve Stevens available, you know, he'd been, he'd been so dependable. Um, you know, the job he and Rod Chance did early in the year when, when DJ and, and Jamal couldn't play early in the year. I mean, it's just, you're seeing a pattern here, right? Yeah. Coaches that have had to kind of yeah. piece some things together yeah. and players that have responded. And well. the remarkable thing about this team is, you know, when you start talking through that stuff, you're like, Oh my Lord, I know what, a what? Oh, oh. And yet all you've ever heard from these guys is one to no focus. We're not, you know, they just don't let any of that stuff become some na- driving narrative about their program that they're answering questions about, you know. Um, you know, AB a- gets asked today about Micah moving on and right. says, hey, I'm I'm not going to address that. You know, it's like the, you, you don't just – you don't say you're going to have one-on-one focus and then allow yourself to get caught up in mm-hmm. things that could distract you. You say respectfully, we're sticking with what we're – our process, what we're doing, and – you know, I understand you asking a question, but I'm going to, I got, I got to stick, I got to keep my mind focused on what's right in front of us. And, uh, we can talk about other stuff, maybe another time. And what's right in front of us talking about that wide receiver position. If you missed it earlier, Micah Pittman moving on coach talked about it earlier that you heard it on the show. Now some guys got to step up. Yeah. There's other guys yeah. that, that have repped with the ones uh, you know, you think a lot about Jalen red, uh, yeah. boy, how Jalen red's made some big plays right. for this team. Right. You know, there's a number of guys now that as coach talked about today, we're going to see a lot of different guys right. against Utah. Right, yeah. And, you know, hopefully Johnny comes back from, from you mm-hmm. know, what the the situation that caused him to leave early oh, Johnson, last week. Johnny Johnson, right. Yes. Not Johnny Jackson or Jackson Johnny or any of that. Um, <laughs> just so, was it Rick? Well, I got we don't, want, we don't sorry, want Rick well, to get confused. No, I got to tell you, Rick, Rick, Rick was great. He was like, sorry, not trying to be a jerk. I just <laughs> love the show. And, and he said that he's just excited about Jackson LaDuke. So we're going to ask Absolutely. you about that later sure, on. Yeah. But I'm, no, I'm but sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had to do it. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you know, Devin Williams. We talked about this for the quack minute. You know, Devin Williams obviously, I think has 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 
his breakout has been invaluable to this team and now means even more. Um, yeah, you look at a guy like Jalen Red, all the, all the football he's played, the value he, he, he brings in the run game as a blocker and all that, you know, just doing that dirty work. Um, and, and then, yeah, guys like Chris Hudson who kind of, you know, have been in the rotation, mm-hmm. you know, they move up. And then some other guys move up, a Troy Franklin, a Dante Thornton, you know, Isaiah Brevard, maybe a guy who gets game rep, more game reps, right. you know, situationally rather than, you know, kind of late in the game, you know. So, you know, everybody has to be ready, and and uh, all you can do is just sort of be excited to see how guys guys handle opportunities that, that present themselves and not get caught up in why those opportunities presented themselves. Yeah, and, you know, and I said I was going to ask you, this was good that Rick brought this up because Jackson LaDuke, I mean, Coach said, yeah, he's, he's making his way back, yeah. uh, which is cool to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, any anytime you have a guy that – that has an injury that takes that long to recover. It's just awesome to see him at practice, first yeah. of all. And it's been cool to see that. No, nah, he just looks like a linebacker, too. He really like does. His neck's, like, as thick as his head. Like, he just – he looks like – He's a guy that if he wore one of, like, the fullback, like, neck pads – Oh, yeah. He Absolutely. wouldn't even, He wouldn't even need it. Right. You yeah. know, it's, it's, he's just built that way. Yeah. And he kind of, like, glowering to me. And yeah. Like, I want to – I want to hit somebody. I want sure. to play physical football. But, yeah, I mean, just with, with the situations that have befallen that position group, you know, getting getting a guy – and not just a guy, but a guy with his um, potential. Um, you know, unfortunately, we haven't really had many chances to see him take step towards real, towards realizing that. Right. So uh, any any chance at that is most welcome. Rob Mosley, editor in chief, GoDucks.com, keys to victory, Ducks and Utes. I I didn't tell him oh, I was going to ask him this, and no, usually we didn't. we ask him this during the quack yeah. minute on Thursday, but we're yeah. gonna we're, we're getting ahead of it here. Yeah, I think. History is going to repeat. It, it looks like right now history is going to repeat itself for this team. And is it going to be 2014 where, you know, you lose an early game and rebound and get your act together and keep on winning? Or is it going to be 2019 when the Oregon State game looms the week later, you got one last road trip, that team goes down to Arizona State and just doesn't look ready to go um, until really the fourth quarter, you know? And... uh I sure hope it's more like 2014. Me too. Me too. Also, uh, uh, Kylie says, uh, Rob, thank you, sir, for everything you do. So I'm going to give you a fist. Oh, thank you. Kylie. Appreciate you, Kylie. Yeah. You do a lot. You're covering a lot of bases here. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Beats working, as I always say. That's right. Uh, women's basketball on the road. Uh, yeah, those poor souls just got to the friggin' Bahamas. Yeah, you didn't make the cut for the trip, huh? No. Well, you know. The, the, uh, yeah, you got football. It was I discussed know. in the in the past, but no, I, there's too much too much going on. There's a lot going on. This is a big deal. I didn't, you know, the, the last game. I think it's the last game I missed. Still was the 2016 Utah game, where Herb mm-hmm. throws the mm-hmm. TD pass to Darren Carrington, right? And right. I was in the Indianapolis airport because I had covered cross country, which was great. Right. Women won the Natty. It was awesome. Totally worth it. But you know, I've been seeing that highlight now this week, and I'm like, oh man, I can't believe I wasn't at that game. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. But, I understand. It's FOMO, man. But, yeah, if I would have been in that game, I would have been like, oh, the women won the natty. Frick, I right. wish I had been there to cover right. that. That would have been awesome. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Volleyball on the road, I wanted to ask you quickly about that. Yeah. Because uh, that team is right now hunting for ho- hosting postseason. Holy cow, yeah. Awesome. What, what a rebound this past year. Yeah, weekend. absolutely. Just all credit to those players because they were in a hole. Like, it felt it, you look back on it now, and it felt like I, w- I was out there last week, and I going back over the schedule, and I was like, it felt like – we hadn't won in two months. And I look back, and the losing streak was like three matches three or something. Matches, yeah. It's like a week and a half. <laughs> totally. But it, it, it felt like a dark, dark time for much longer than that. And they just they grinded through it. And um, 
you know, obviously they've missed Taylor Bora, but mm-hmm. they they're finding ways to to get by without her. Uh, it helps to have Brooke Nunaviller, who's just an out of this world kid and who we're really going to miss and doesn't have very many um, home matches left in her career, and that's that's hard. That's going to be really hard to swallow. See but you Got to enjoy it while it lasts, and yeah, hopefully that's not the last time she plays mm-hmm. here, but. Um, you know, yeah, like, uh, you know, a Taylor Williams, the way she's emerged and, uh, and Roby in the middle, Chiari, um, th- th- you know, they, they just, th- some, some people have, again, we talk about, you know, you, you, you don't want to get caught up in why opportunities presented themselves. You just want to take advantage of them when they do. And kids like that have, and, um, you know, you just, you gotta be really happy for them and proud of them. And, um, you know, the coaching staff has to coax it out of them, but right. ultimately they have to make the decision to kind of step up and, and perform and, and, and embrace those roles, and they have. You know, lastly, you were talking about uh, the cross-country championships and how yeah. they overlap with Utah. It's happening again yeah. this weekend. Yep. So on Saturday, the cross-country championships, NCAA championships, are happening in Tallahassee, Florida, Saturday morning. So we'll know, uh, actually, the results uh, for cross-country when, when we go on the air for a 2.30 pregame show. I'm looking forward to following it, but isn't that funny how that happens again? Yeah. That's happening the same day that the Ducks are in Salt Lake City for football? Yeah, good point. It's kind of weird. So I'm hoping that that means that history repeats itself and it's it's a nice win for Oregon football, right. and it's maybe a, a win for some cross-country athletes yeah. out there for the Ducks, maybe too. a Cooper Tier. That'd be nice. Go listen to the Mighty Oregon podcast with Cooper Tier this week there you to go. get your uh, get your mind wrapped around uh, cross-country. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. See, I'm just telling you, history could repeat itself, Rob. Yeah. Well, hey, if I'm kicking myself over, you know, hey, I missed something cool, hopefully it's because I also covered something cool, just like last time. what I like to hear. Yeah. We're going to leave it at that. Rob Mosley, he's the editor-in-chief of GoDucks.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at DuckFootball, at GoDucksMosley. All his work, GoDucks.com. You writing about Anthony Brown this week? Yeah. All right. He just, man, he put his body on the line last week, man. He sold out for his teammates and for his team. And he he clearly doesn't like sliding, and it makes that his, is correct. It freaks out his offensive line. <laughs> I think it freaks out his coaches a little yeah, bit too. But uh, he's he's going to put it all on the line, and uh, you just you have to respect that deeply and yeah, appreciate it. No doubt about that. Uh, we're going to hear from Anthony Brown. Uh, he talked to the media today. We'll have that for you later on this week on the show. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, we're going to get time out. Uh, when we come back, let's hear from Jamal Hill. Then we're going to hear from Tim Deruder talking a little bit about the Duck defense here on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Dear Exit Strategy, no matter which Toyota you choose, there's an exit from the ordinary to match. See you soon, Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealer or toyota.com today. Toyota, let's go places. What's with Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew is like a zipline of incredible flavor directly into your brain. Mountain Dew is like getting punched in the mouth with pure neon refreshment that creates a neural explosion sending flavor shards of electric brain pulses into your very core of being. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top, but you get the idea. The fact is, the mind-bending challenge of describing the taste of Mountain Dew is way harder than just experiencing it. That, of course, is easy. Just grab a nice cold dew, crack it open, and toss them back. Mountain Dew. Do the dew. Dear Exit Strategy, no matter which Toyota you choose, there's an exit from the ordinary to match. See you soon. Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealer or toyota.com today. Toyota. Let's go places. Duck Insider, Duck Insider, Duck Insider continues after this timeout on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager Learning the Lingo. Jelly. Jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous, as in 
Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. What is dedication? My daughter started making necklaces. She makes what we call affirmation fashion. I tell her every day that your black is beautiful. And if there's anything better than being beautiful, it's being smart. And if there's anything better than being smart, it's being kind. And reaffirming that every day is our method of making sure her chin never drops. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Back at Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Joey Mack in the Country Financial Studio. Oregon Football Coaches Show with Mario Cristobal coming your way tonight. 7 o'clock across the Oregon Sportsman Network. GoDucks.com slash OSN, where you can tune in, including the Oregon Football Facebook, Twitter, and the GoDucks YouTube page. You might be watching the Duck Insider Show on YouTube right now. Same YouTube channel. Hoodoo Ski Area preseason pass sale going on now. Family fun destination since 1938. Deep savings. Get your season pass now at Hoodoo. Longtime supporters of Oregon Athletics. Let's hear from Jamal Hill, a guy who has had to step up in a lot of different ways for the Ducks, and he's going to have a tough task covering more tight ends than we've ever seen on a football field, probably, for Utah. Jamal Hill talking with the media. Back to playing another team that uses a lot of tight ends in a lot of different kind of ways. What have you seen looking at tape of this Utah team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you said, they do use their tight ends in a lot of different ways. They got a lot of good backs, too, and they they run their scheme really good, so it's going to be another good challenge. How have you progressed? How have you developed, particularly in pass coverage, of those bigger guys, of those tight ends over the course of the season? Just working with our guys at practice, you know, T. Ferg, Moe, Spencer, those guys give me a great look every day at practice, so I feel really confident. You make one of the plays of the game last weekend very early on. The ability to move on after the long throw and then to stick with that play in a, in a scramble drill kind of moment. Walk us through just what's going through your mind there over the course of about 90 seconds or so yeah. in extremes. Um, shoot. I'm, all my coaches all my life, like just playing DB, just taught me how to have a short memory. So I always had like that next play mentality, and you never know like what the next play might be. So you just got to make every play count. Mm-hmm. Did you know immediately? that that was going to be a touchback, that you knocked it out through the end zone? I knew he fumbled, but I, I didn't know it went out the back of the end zone. I kind of thought it went out of bounds. But I, I was going to ask, were you? was that the intention, though, to get airborne so you could dislodge the ball, or were you just trying to stop from getting to the plane? What were you thinking there? I was trying to get the ball out, but I ain't, I didn't like intentionally try to get it out the back of the end zone. It just kind of, you know, the football guys looked out. <laughs> what, what, what is your, when you, especially when you see a quarterback running there, obviously he might not be as comfortable as a normal player in terms of carrying the ball. Are you thinking in that particular sense that's kind of the, the, the goal there to see if you can get a knocked out? Yeah, definitely. Every time. Every time. How cool is it to see, to see Brian Addison get that game in expect? <laughs> Man, can't even really put it into words. Just, like, seeing where, like, he came from, like, all the work he didn't put in to get to this point and finally see, like, pay off at a game is priceless. Like, I mean, a whole team was so happy for him, bro. What's this year been like for you? Obviously, the ups and downs of the offseason stuff. I want to ask about that in particular. But you went from being a non-starter to start this season to then having to fill in for Bennett, who was playing. So, what was what was that process like during kind of takes back that Stanford time? Kind of what happened there? Uh, I mean, Coach Chris Ball preached it all the time, like next man up mentality. Like, of course, like we can't wait to have Bennett back. He was playing very well, but you know, things happen in football. You know, people get injured and. 
however I can help the team is what I'll do. So, Does your mindset shift at all going from a non-starting role into a starting role and back? I mean, does that impact anything throughout the course of the week for you? Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't say that. Like, prepare every week like, like a starter just because you never know like what can happen during the course of a game. This is a quarterback in Utah. Doesn't doesn't throw very many interceptions. Hasn't thrown one in about a month or so. What is it that you've seen from him? Of just he doesn't beat himself. What, what what makes him so efficient, so accurate? He's he's a really good decision maker. Like like you said, he hasn't thrown a, he doesn't throw a, a lot of interceptions. But we just got to capitalize on when he does make those mistakes and try to give him different looks. Try to force him into some mistakes. You played so many. We go back to the tight ends. So many different kind of multi tight ends. What is different about not just their players, but the way that they use them? You hear a lot from coach about broken sets. They break guys off. They're yeah. they're not just end of line, hand in the dirt, yeah. you know, blockers. So with those, with their tight ends, they use a lot of uh, I want to say like eleven personnel sets, but with the bigger tight ends. Mm -hmm. So it's just being disciplined and everything that we need to do, and just seeing our keys and just knowing what we need to do. Really. Defense has their work cut out for them because Utah does have the top-scoring offense in the Pac-12. Uh, those Utahs and their quarterback in Rambling have done a really nice job. Uh, I think that it's interesting looking at a team like Utah that has clearly gotten so much better over the course of the year. And, and really, I mean, that shouldn't surprise you, right? Teams get better as the year goes on. But Utah was playing so many young players early on this season. I'm really curious to talk to Bill Riley about that. He is the voice of Utah and we'll have him on the show tomorrow talking about all these different topics, uh, and I'm looking forward to doing that. When we come back, uh, let's hear from Tim DeRuder. How does he plan to slow down that Utah offense here on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield? From the weight room to the classroom, on the field and off it, On Point proudly supports University of Oregon athletics because student-athletes do so much more than bring us pride on game day. They bring our entire community together in Eugene and all across Oregon. So whether you're watching the game in the stadium, at home, or at your favorite local business, their success makes all of us stronger. On Point Community Credit Union. Join in. OnPointCU.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. Dear past, present, and future football watchers, football is back. So consider this your official excuse for always putting football watching first, courtesy of Pepsi. That haircut appointment? Seeing the in-laws for the first time in ages. It's been so long. Nope, sorry, Susan, not if it's on Sunday. Long story short, after the year we've all had, we think you could use a little football watching. So crack open a Pepsi and cheer your football watching face off. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. <sighs> That's what I like. Duck Insider, your home for the latest news on Oregon athletics on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? 
Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. Back at Nugget Cider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Joy Mack here with you in the Country Financial Studio. Uh, the Ducks getting ready for that Utah team and talking about their offense a lot. Tim DeRuiter, Oregon defensive coordinator, talking about Cameron Rising, their quarterback, how different they've been since he's been in there. Top scoring offense in the Pac-12 since he's been in there at quarterback. Mario Cristobal said that he doesn't maybe get enough credit for his ability to run, his ability to show that athleticism. Well, Tim DeRuiter had a lot of things to say about his defense and matching up with the Utah Utes this week. Tim, I'm sure nothing that KT does surprises you anymore. Uh, but can you put into words not just the sacks, the, the the sticking with plays, the forcing and setting up other tackles for all the things that he did this past week, how instrumental that was, and and what he's going to have to do this week for you against a Utah offensive line who statistically is also uh, obviously superb. I think he's the best defensive player in college football right now. Uh, you know, he disrupts a game. Uh, it's just rare to compare him to anybody. Uh, you have to take him into account. He's equally effective in the run game as he is in the pass game. People are going to try to screen him and get him, you know, get him running sideways. He chased things down from the backside. Um, you know, it's, it's really impressive to see him work during the week and to show up on Saturday and, and have it be as productive. And we're, we're a much better defense, obviously, when he's on the field and, we're starting to approach the, the type of defense we need to be. Um, as, as it pertains to this week, we have to have him playing at his best. Uh, they're a very physical running team. Uh, their pass game primarily uh, is spun off of their run game. Uh, they're a power downhill football team, and, and uh, they're very physical up front. They've got backs that are very physical. And ever since they've got uh, rising back or rising in at quarterback, uh, they've really been productive, and I think they're averaging about 40 points a game the last half dozen games or so. So our hands are going to be full trying to, uh, you know, uh, do some things to disrupt their uh, flow of what they're trying to do, and, and, and KT needs to have a big game for us to do that. Coach, I wanted to ask you about Autzen uh, just for a second. I think Saturday night might have been as loud as it's been all season. Um, obviously, that's something you want to make life hard on the offense, but you're now in a position where you have to try and coach through all of that noise. Have you found any difficulties with that? Uh, not so far. You know, we've got a lot of signals in. Uh, you know, the, in the, I realized back when I was at Texas A&M the first time, when you've got a crowd that's that noisy, you better have defensive signals because you cannot communicate uh, when the crowd decides to get into it. And uh, the crowd was awesome, you know, really got – uh, Washington State, I thought, on their heels a little bit, made made them uh, defensive, and it really got our guys cranked up. So uh, hopefully we'll continue to have those kind of crowds and, and give them something to cheer about. Utah ranks 11th in the nation on offensive first downs. What is it that makes the offense so effective, and particularly the, the run game? Well, uh, they have an identity. Um, you know, they're very physical up front. Uh, they do a, a nice job of, you know, getting in multiple personnel groupings and creating extra gaps with their with their system, and so they make you not just play a, a you know two man surface or a three man, but they have four and five, and you better be very very uh, you know clear as to who's got what gap responsibility. And once once you do that, and you start committing too many people to the run game, their play action game, uh, they've got people who can take advantage of it. So. 
uh, it's a system that that uh, uh, Coach Ludwig has has really done a nice job of of evolving. Uh, you know, it's kind of an NFL trend now of of scrunching formations down and creating additional surfaces, and then having all the the play action game off of it makes it really difficult on on defenses when you're trying to stop the run. But just going back to Saturday's game, they had a lot of success throwing the ball in the first half, but the second half, less than 100 yards. Um, was there any changes made there? Was that just a byproduct of being more comfortable with what they were doing throughout the course of a game? Was it the pass pressure, you know, the pressure you get in the quarterback that changed? I mean, what, what shifted there? Because it didn't seem like it was notably better in the second. Well, I, I think we probably played the, the screen game better in the, in the second half. Uh, you know, they hit us on the, the tunnel and the little swing screen. Uh, in in the first half, um, you know, you got to do a good job of turning that thing back in. And uh, we were getting good pressure on the quarterback. I thought we disrupted uh, the timing a lot. Uh, and it just started taking its effect as the game went on. Um, the drive right after the, the turnover, I didn't do a good job in my, in my play calling. We probably were in man too much. And we got a rubber out down there in the, in the red zone. And uh, we had a screen into it. So, you know, some of that's on, on me as a play caller. So we've got to, you know, continue to uh, do a great job of, of chasing screens. And, and I got to do it, you know, good job of anticipating when they're going to run them. Tim, Utah, when they made the change at quarterback with Cameron Rising, seems like they've taken a jump there and they lead the conference in scoring. I don't think he's thrown an interception in a month. Um, just your, your thoughts on him as a player and just how he's maybe changed the offense to what they were at the start of the year. Uh, he's a competitor. Uh, the, the thing that, that jumps out at me is I think the way he competes, the rest of the offense kind of rises around him. Um, he just makes plays. He, he's an athletic guy who's who's got like a, a little bit of an edge to him, seems like. Uh, probably doesn't have a classic throwing motion. Probably isn't a classic, uh, you know, running quarterback or, you know, uh, athletic quarterback. But he moves the sticks and makes that offense go, and and uh, it's impressive to see. And you know he's a physical runner. They they put you in some formations uh, with what they do to, you know, create some some situations where where he, you know he's got one read and he can beat a guy when he pulls it. You know he's not probably the fastest guy on the team, but he's a very very effective runner and he puts the ball in the right spot uh, all the time. I mean he's a very very accurate thrower. Uh, he, he creates a lot of issues and, and, you know, obviously their, their offense has responded to his leadership and, you know, we've got to do some things to try to, to make him uncomfortable. Back to a multi tight end team again, Tim. Um, but your thoughts on how Jamal has uh, progressed in his ability to cover uh, against those guys and, and also having a guy like Happel uh, and your inside linebackers where that was an issue earlier in the season, but they've progressed in their ability and pass coverage, your thoughts on, just the, the collective group there, the safeties and um, inside backers and pass coverage of tight ends. Well, again, what these guys do is everything's, you know, driven off of their run game. So you've got to be extremely disciplined with your eyes. Uh, Jordan's usually really good at that. I think early in the season we had some situations where Jamal was coming in after not being around in camp. And, you know, some of that eye discipline, you need to see it and get burned. You got to understand that stove's hot and you got to touch it. Oh, yeah, it is hot. Uh, before you realize it and Jamal had those situations early in the year and he's learned from those and so his eye discipline's been a lot better um, uh, we, we need it because I think their their tight end position has around 70 or so catches you know between uh, all the the tight ends and uh, they're probably the, the by far the most uh, 
uh, tight end centered offense in, in the conference or one we at least what we've faced this year. Hey, Tim, I just want to ask about Brandon Dorless. I, I know the box score doesn't always necessarily reflect what he does, but it just seems like he's been really, really disruptive the last few weeks. I'm curious what you've sort of seen from him on tape. Really twitchy player. Uh, I think he's starting to play with much, much more confidence. Um, as our defense has gotten better, a large part of that's due to what, what he and, and Popo have done up front. Um, they're, they're moving very dynamically. Uh, they can penetrate. They're strong at the point of attack. Uh, we're doing some things with, with moving our fronts pre and post snap that, that they can handle. And, uh, you know, Brandon's a guy that he's athletic enough. You can put him on the edge. And so you got him on one side and KT on the other in some of our packages. And, you know, if they're going to slide the protection one way, one of those guys is, is going to get a one-on-one -on -one most of the time. So uh, he's, he's somebody that, you know, gives us a, as a play caller more options. And we're going to continue to try to take advantage of his ability because he's showing that he can handle it and he's, he's very productive. Uh, hey, Coach, thanks for being here. So in the last six games, you guys have given up three total third-quarter points. What does this say about, like, the team's ability to make in-game adjustments or their ability to be resilient and stick to a game plan? Well, I, I think uh, our guys, when we come in at halftime, are smart. Uh, you know, we kind of assess where where things are and, and what we need to do, and our guys come out with a different energy. And, and a lot of that's been due to our offense as well. I mean, they've come out and – taking control of running the, the, the ball and, you know, keeping us on the side always helps. So uh, it's been a team effort, I think, in the third quarter. Um, our guys coming out with a renewed energy, maybe a couple different thoughts, and uh, our offense doing a really nice job of taking care of it. Tim, I, I realize coaches always try to get to know their players as much as possible, but when you're a coordinator, you got half, a, you know, half the room and a lot of stories to learn in a quick period of time. And when you're in season, you don't necessarily have the luxury. How much have you gotten to know Brian Addison's more personal story and it's it's obviously not a very positive one uh, a, a lot of real tragedy there how much have you just gotten to know him his background and what it means to you that he's playing like he has for you the last several weeks well I, I don't know all that that personal background but but I just love the fact that you know I know that that he was a you know a receiver a year ago came over in the springtime and has been really working hard to understand what we're doing and you know, we've seen it at practice that he's been making more and more plays and for him to, you know, get a pick the other day and, and be as productive as he's been the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, makes me feel good as a coach. You know, Marcel does a great job with those guys in the back end, you know, simplifying things to make sure that they understand it and can play within the package. And, you know, it lets guys like Verone and, and Hap and, and Jamal and, and, and B.A., you know, all those guys really show their athletic ability and he's got a lot of it. So hopefully we'll be able to, you know, continue to have him evolve. And, uh, you know, we need him because we, we need that depth. You know, we've been, you know, hit a little bit like everybody in the country with some injuries. And, uh, you know, having a guy like him that you can depend on is, is very, very important. Yeah, it's important for a guy like Brian Addison uh, getting out there, doing big things for the Ducks. Uh, he talked to the media. We heard from him yesterday on the show. It was Good to see him, I think, have some success. He's going to be important for the Ducks moving forward. Depth, important, really important uh, at this time of the season, as we've all seen probably too many times for every fan base uh, to see. When we come back, our Cafe Yum two-minute drill. Going to look at that men's basketball game. What can the Ducks learn from that loss to BYU last night? That's next on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. After two years of construction, my wife and I finally moved into our dream home. So when a bathtub fixture broke, causing major water damage, I was glad we had the home insurance protection we needed. How do you know your home is protected? 
Talk to a country financial rep like me, Nick Simon. We can help you understand your options and select coverages to meet your needs. Then if something happens to your home, you won't have any surprises. Need the right coverage for your home but not sure where to start? Visit TakeSimpleSteps.com or contact a local country representative. From the weight room to the classroom, on the field and off it, On Point proudly supports University of Oregon Athletics because student-athletes do so much more than bring us pride on game day. They bring our entire community together in Eugene and all across Oregon. So whether you're watching the game in the stadium, at home, or at your favorite local business, their success makes all of us stronger. On Point Community Credit Union. Join in. OnPointCU.com. Federally insured by NCUA. Equal housing opportunity. This is Duck Insider. Duck Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom, come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Duck Insider, presented by On Point Community Credit Union. I'm Joey Mack in the Country Financial Studio. Uh, this is good from Jack. Uh, he says, uh, Utah QB sounds like a, quote, rising star. Well done. Well done. I don't know that he's a rising star anymore, though, because Cameron Rising has maybe been the best quarterback over the last month in the Pac-12. Hasn't thrown an interception in the last four or five games, and it's taken care of the ball. Done a really nice job. Cafe Yum two-minute drill, taking a look back at Oregon men's basketball, an 81-49 to loss to BYU in the PK Invitational last night. Look, a tough one. Uh, BYU led wire to wire. And, in fact, Will Patterson, uh, the sports information director for the Ducks, he pointed this out to me because Oregon led wire to wire in the first two games of the season, and then they didn't ever lead in this game against BYU. Through three games this season, there have actually been no lead changes for Oregon men's basketball. Go figure. That's just one of those weird oddities. But an 81-49 to loss for the Ducks against a BYU team that I think is probably going to be in the NCAA tournament. They're experienced. Uh, Alex Barcelo, Arizona transfer, now playing for BYU. He scored 25 points. Dane Altman said, hey, Ducks just weren't ready. BYU shot 60%. Oregon shot 32%. Ducks were below 20% shooting from the floor for a lot of the game. And I think this is now a learning experience. Ducks got punched in the mouth. It's not often that you see a Dane Altman coach team. I think there's only been three times at Oregon that a Dane Altman coach team has lost by, by this many points. That tells you something about the way that the Ducks are going to have to respond. And I think being in practice today, tomorrow, through the weekend, into the matchup with Chaminade on Monday at 6 o'clock to start the Maui Invitational, yeah, they're going to get after it. Uh, the Ducks got out-rebounded. Uh, Missed some layups that were contested. Your Cafe M two-minute drill. Uh, the Ducks are going to bounce back. The good news, though, Infale Dante was back. 
Got to see the big man back out there for the Ducks, and that's the positive I'm going to take away. Menus, nutrition, info, always available at CafeYum.com. Oregon Football Coaches Show coming your way tonight. Duck Insider, back tomorrow. Watch out! You got me! The galaxy is safe once again. In the pretend universe, kids play with pretend guns. In the real world, it's up to us to make sure they don't get their hands on a real gun. If you have a gun in the house, keep it locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Safe gun storage saves lives. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. That's nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> And now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Mm. Okay, forest animals. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, he's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. listening to Duck Insider on the Oregon Sports Network from Learfield. Presented by On Point Community Credit Union. Better banking, local solutions. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Oregon Sports Network.